It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder are heading into a very fun offseason where they control four draft picks in the 2022 NBA draft, plus free agency and trade options that are out there. Today, we're answering all of your questions about the upcoming offseason on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and area chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Rylan Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. Again, follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Today's show is all about you answering your questions from Twitter uh, about the offseason as a whole and the draft and everything else. So let's dive into it. For Matt Hogsfan underscore 2001. You think the Thunder will quote unquote reach at pick two? Basically, will they not take Jabari Smith Jr., Chet Holmgren, or Paul Carroll? Uh, I think that they're going to take one of the big three. That's just kind of where I'm at. I think that things don't get interesting unless the Magic go with Chet. If the Magic go with Chet, then I still think it'll be Paulo or Jabari, but that does open the door and lend itself to the smoke screen that has been the whole Jay Nivey conversation. So maybe you could see something like that happen with OKC, but if I was a betting man, I would go right now and bet that the Thunder will take one of the big three players at pick two. The next question from at AF Drums, if we use all four draft picks and you have to cut three players, who would you cut? Uh, Well, the Thunder making up these roster spots would be pretty easy. It's easier than some people think. I know that uh, our good friend, friend of the podcast, Keith Smith, uh, had a tweet out there yesterday that he's hearing from front office sources that you know they don't believe that the Thunder will take all four picks because of the the lack of roster spots. Uh, I've been saying that I've been hearing that the Thunder are comfortable taking four picks. Now, what does that mean? First of all, there has to be value on the board at all four picks at 2, 12, 30, and 34. That's number one. Uh, it really just means that they're not going to be forced into doing anything. They're not going to have... You know, they're not going to be out leveraged in this case because you look at their roster and they were one of the worst teams in the league last year. And everyone last year spent all of the season saying how embarrassing the Thunder roster was from the national level. That's what national people were saying. And yet now all of a sudden they don't think they can find four guys to get rid of or three guys to get rid of. Uh, It's pretty easy. Tao Maldon is on a a non-guaranteed deal. He's easily uh, cut. Um, Isaiah Roby is on a... You know, team option, 1.9 mil. You can turn that down and create a second roster spot. Uh, Mike Muscala is on a 3.5 team deal. You can turn that down if you want to. Ty Jerome, 
Uh, $4.2 million, there's nothing to get rid of uh, either via waiving him or uh, combining him in a trade for a heavily protected second round pick that never conveys. And then Derek Favors at 10.1, you could keep that to try to match salaries in a trade. You could also just cut bait with it and not really be uh, at a huge, huge loss uh, because you can get rid of that money in one fell swoop in this season and still keep your clean cap sheet for 2023. A bit Critchie has uh, non-guaranteed money, although I think the Thunder will want to keep Bit Critchie around and see what he can develop into. Uh, but there's a lot of ways that you can get this roster down if you do want to pick uh, three different or four different uh, players in this draft. So I, I don't think that that's a concern. I don't think that that should kind of uh, factor into anybody's mind. I don't think that the trade should be graded that way, right? Like let's say the Thunder do trade, uh, you know, pick 12 or do trade pick 30 and 34. Um, to me, you should have that with the trade on the surface level. You shouldn't say, well, they didn't have any roster spots because we just went through and figured out easy ways to create roster spots where they could have brought those guys in. So, um, you know, if they if they make a trade, it'll be because they think that that trade has more value than the individual picks do on the board at the time of this draft. And so it really comes down to how deep do you believe this draft is and how, how much talent do you believe is in this draft class? So I, I think that they can take them, and we just went over who could be on the chopping block if they do. From at Chiefs Thunder fan page, who do you think could be a surprising faller to OKC come pick 12? And then who do you think could be a surprising riser at pick 12? Uh, surprising faller, I just think that people you know, kind of are underestimating the fact that you look at your NBA big boards and um, if you go into the draft understanding that there's going to be someone that surprises us in the top 10, uh, there's going to be a name that we don't have in the top 10 that is going to go in the top 10. But you look at it right now. Before you get to 12, you would imagine that Jabari Smith Jr., Shed Holmgren, Paul Carroll, and Jaden Ivey all have to be off the, off the board. Uh, Keegan Murray, Benedict Matherin, Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels, A.J. Griffin, Johnny Davis. Now we're up to 10 players. So we're up to 10 players. You need to get to 12, and still on the board is Jalen Duran, Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham, uh, guys who are all talked about in that top 10. So somebody good is going to have to fall to OKC. Uh, somebody that's very talented will have to fall to OKC at 12. Uh, it could be Sohan. It could be Duren. Uh, it could even be a guy like Johnny Davis, I think, that could fall to OKC. So uh, if I had to pick one that would be the most, you know, that would be the most surprising that he fell uh, would be Johnny Davis or Ben McMatherin. Uh, AJ Griffin, if he falls, you could just always pin it on medicals. Um, Shaden Sharp, if he falls, you can always pin it on the mystery factor. But those two would be very surprising. Um, who the surprising riser could be at 12. Um, we just mentioned that Duran, Sohan, Agbaji, Brandon would have to be on the board at 12 because there's just not enough spots before 12 to get them off the board. So if you draft uh, Usman Jiang, that would be surprising at 12 just because of what is perceived to be talent on the board ahead of him. Although I do like Jiang uh, a lot for my, my personal preference. Um, if he drafted, I, I could see Jaden Hardy being somebody's pick in the, in the top 12, like a surprise, like a uh, pick like Josh Primo, where you just want a bucket gear that can c- c- kind of do it all. Uh, could Mark Williams or t- uh, Terry Eason fly up boards? Maybe, but that's kind of where the list stops. So I, I'd go the surprise candidate would be uh, Usman Jiang or Jaden Hardy for me, if we get a surprise uh, in the top 12. So hope that answers your question. Again, I, I'm a firm believer in the Thunder are not going to be forced to do anything. They're not going to be forced to trade up. They're not going to be forced to trade out. Uh, you know, there's going to be value at pick 12 if they want to stay put. There just is. Uh, there's just too many guys at the top who you want as quote unquote top 10 guys. 
uh, and who you say, you know, whenever you're envisioning these prospects, say, oh, there's no way they last to 12. Well, if you've said that about 13 guys, somebody's got to last to 12, right? So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all transpires, how it all goes down. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Sakar. Sakar is awesome. Want to make sure that you check them out because feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakar is there for you to help you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational, nutritional uh, foundation that helps build you uh, for the best body that you can have. Now it's time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance of areas in your life, starting with what you eat. With Sakara, you get a nutritional, a nutrition-dense meal, snacks, and supplements to nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. True uh, radiance and, and true kind of balance starts with your plate. Made with high-protein, organic ingredients, Sakara's plant-rich transformational nutrition program is awesome for your digestive system, for bloating, for your skin, for energy, for moods. It's perfect for you. Uh, go check them out today. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Make sure you check them out today because it's plant-rich ingredients. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash lockdown20 or just simply enter the code LOCKDOWN20 at checkout. So again, that's sakar.com, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash LOCKDOWN20 to get 20% off at your first order, or just simply enter the code LOCKDOWN20 at checkout. S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash LOCKDOWN20, 20% off of your first order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Want to ask for a huge favor? Go check out our survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and we can make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about the Lockdown Podcast Network. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It will not take very long, and everyone who completes the survey will qualify to have a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards we give to our audience whenever you go to survey.com. I should say lockdownpodcast.com slash survey. So make sure you check it out today, and thank you for your help. When you get back to these questions, I think that this, this mailbag has a lot of interesting topics. So the next one is from at Balouis32. In prior years, has it been difficult to find a trade partner for us to trade up in the draft? How optimistic are you that the Thunder will find a trade-up partner at 12, even if the Thunder have to overpay? Uh, I think that it's been difficult to find a trade partner in the draft because you look at last year where um, you know Cade Cunningham was a clear number one and there was a clear drop-off, right? I mentioned this all last year, the entire process. Last year's draft... You can't make a trade if you can't give somebody their guy, right? You just can't. Luka Doncic and Trey Young's trade, you know, trade. Tatum and Fultz trade. All those trades on draft night 
the teams got their guys. At pick six, you couldn't deliver their guys. For example, let's say that, um, you know, the Rockets and Pistons talked about a deal, right? And let's just say Troy Weaver loved Jalen Green and want to make a huge, you know, swap and just wanted Jalen Green, Green over Kate Cunningham. The Rockets can still give, you know, the, the you know, the Basers can still, the Pistons can still give the Rockets Kate Cunningham and the Rockets can still give the uh, Pistons Jalen Green. Each get their guy and then you throw in a sweetener as well if you're the Rockets. So you, you need to be able to deliver on these trade-ups. That's what draft night trades are made out of, right? And so moving up from pick 12 will be easier because it's not a high leverage pick like six through you know, six through one. It's just like trading up from the second round like they did last year or trading up from, um, you know, pick whatever in the 20s to get Poku in the high 16s with, uh, with uh, Minnesota. You know, it, it's easier to trade the further away you get from the top of the draft. So yes, you can trade it from pick 12 and be pretty easy. I mean, maybe you can target a team like Washington or a team like Indiana or New Orleans, but what's the incentive there? Again, you wouldn't want to just overpay just to do it, especially in a draft class where uh, these talented guys are not heavily separated at all. So at Rita V1, does 2023 Washington first round pick and 12 for pick 10 make sense to let Washington have a more uh, flexible future? and the Thunder get to move up two spots. Um, again, it, it would, I think it would make sense in general, but when you're talking about trading up from 10, you're, you're sacrificing two spots and giving them their first-round pick back to do it. Uh, I, I, in this draft specifically, I wouldn't do that because I don't think that the difference in who you're going to get at 10 versus 12 is worthy of a first-round pick. I just don't. Uh, but that could be a trade that works out for both sides and that we could very well see come uh, draft night. From at Jared underscore Priscilla, can we please start calling Shay's sidestep three the Shay step? It needs more recognition. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a great nickname. Um, the Shay step for his sidestep threes. He likes to work on those. He likes to pull them out. It's very fun. Now this is a good question from at Kevin Butler OKC. If you could choose any power, what would it be? Would it be to read Sam Presti's mind or teleport to any Thunder game? This is a tough one because they both would impact my job, right? If I could read Sam Presti's mind, that's the ultimate source, right? That's the ultimate source. I can blast out that information everywhere. Sam would be so confused as to how I got the information. Um, it would be insane. If I could teleport to every single game, though, to live wherever I wanted to live and still cover every single game, home and road, by just snapping my fingers and going there. They're both interesting in their own ways. I think I would do the teleportation one because it gives you more flexibility in where you live and what you do with your life. And if you could read Sam Presti's mind, it would be cool. Don't get me wrong. It'd be cool to say sources today on June 8th and say the Thunder are picking so-and-so at pick two. But that also ruins kind of the fun of it. It kind of ruins the surprise of it all, right? Uh, it ruins kind of the anticipation factor as well. It ruins the speculation. If I just knew what the Thunder were going to do, it would be hard to make these speculation podcasts because I'd just be like, well, this is stupid. I know what's going to happen. This is a waste of time, right? So uh, I'd pick teleportation, but it's very, very close. And uh, both of them enhance my job a lot. But that's a good question. We have another hypothetical question like that coming up that I think is really, really fun. Uh, at Joanne underscore Paulo underscore 
eight or six, I should say. What moves do you expect the Thunder to make once free agency starts? Uh, we're not the free agency, we have free agency destination, but do you expect us to sign anybody? Uh, maybe some vet stuff, the young core. I expect it to be a very quiet free agency period for OKC. I really don't expect anything to happen in free agency for OKC. They want to keep 2023 as a clean cap sheet uh, situation. And there's not a ton out there. And, and again, why bring in a veteran for this young core whenever you have a guy like Kenny Hustle who you've uh, not traded the highest of his powers because he's a veteran uh, power for you? I, I don't really see him doing much in the free agency at all, but maybe maybe they could. Who knows? Uh, number two, how seriously would you take Baisley's end of the season um, going forward? I still believe he has a ton of potential. Yeah, I, I like Darius Baisley a lot. I, I think that his season-ending uh, surge was mainly a product of the Thunder utilizing him you know, utilizing him better. You, you kind of look at what happened and I've been saying all along that the, you know, issue with Darius Baisley has not been necessarily Darius Baisley. It's been, he's not built to be a corner sitter. He's not built to just sit around the three point line. He's built to move. He's built to relocate. He's built to cut. He's built to use his athletic ability. He's built to be on ball some as well. And when the Thunder finally put him in those roles all throughout his career, not just last year at the end of the year, but all throughout his career, whenever he's been put in those roles to use his athletic burst and use his gifts that he has on the floor, he's been very good. And then you saw him become top-tier defensively, which is a big part of why the Thunder team defense was very good, even for a tanking team. You, you take out the last couple of games where they uh, were playing nobodies, right, and they, and they didn't even play Poku. They were tanking so hard. You take out that sample size of games at the end of the season, and they were a really good defensive team, you know, going back to uh, you know January and February. So I think that, you know, with Baisley, I believe in his uh, outbreak. Now he's got to do it consistently. And even though I don't think he's a corner shooter and a corner sitter, he does need to get better as a shooter in general. He just has to get better as a shooter and has to uh, improve that three-point shot. So if he can do that one little thing, which is easier said than done, uh, yes, I do think he's going to be a good player and, have, and still have potential, even as he's in year four or five, whatever it is now. But I do want to hear it now. Our good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is incredible. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting and info needs. So go right now and find the latest sports developments, odds, and info from this year's NBA Finals matchup, the Hockey Conference Finals, MLB, MMA, UFC, boxing, everything you need. Check them out today. Bet Online is where the game starts. Make sure you check them out today. This is how easy it is, folks. You just go to your URL, type in Bet Online, and then you go to sports, and then you can just go on down to basketball. We can see what's happening today in the NBA Finals, which has Golden State as uh, three-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road in Boston. I'll take Boston minus three-and-a-half there to win this game at the Garden, the first Finals game there in a decade, so that'll be very cool. Um, make sure you check it out, of course. Bet online and bet on the action you want to bet on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter 
at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're talking about your mailbag questions, but I do want to say right now, check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast because they're getting you set for the NBA draft. Um, the next question from at uh, Restbrook Wessel. If Lou Dort was 6867, how much more value would he, you think that he'd have? Uh, I think that, you know, he plays bigger than he is. And so his defense is still very good for his size. But yeah, I mean, if he was, if he was taller and didn't lose his shooting and, and kept his defensive ability, he'd be more valuable to anyone in the league, not just the, the Thunder. I, I know that you're kind of, I think you're kind of driving at the whole guard situation and how much of a dilemma that that's going to bring up. Uh, it'd be, it'd just make his whole entire career better if he was six 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 seven. but uh, he still plays a really good role uh, at his size. Uh, at Phil underscore uh, Lilson. We, if, okay, this is my favorite question of the whole pod. Uh, you can merge two Thunder role player skill sets together. Who are you picking and why? Um, I'm going to take this as the current roster and not like all time. Although if it was all time, there was a response to your tweet from at Watkins B1531 that said Trey Mann and Andre Robertson, which would be, uh, I mean, Andre Robertson and Trey Mann would be incredible, right? If you could merge them together. But uh, taking it as currently on the roster and not all time, as long as we agree that there's basically, despite starting a lot, is a role player, you know, is, is a role player in the NBA, uh, label-wise, I would do Baisley and Muscala or Baisley and Trey Mann, uh, if you want to consider Trey Mann a role player as well. Uh, basically, just get Baisley with a really good three-point shooter. Uh, if you could have Darius Baisley with his athlete, elite athletic ability, with his top-tier defense, uh, with his ability to cut, dunk, be athletic on the half-court offensive side of things, plus knock, knock, knock down three-point shots and knock down jumpers on the drive and kick. He would be a a fantastic small ball five. He would get the Jeremy Grant payday uh, and be even better than Jeremy Grant, of course, if he could shoot 40% from 30 or whatever. But um, So that's what I would do if I had that sort of power. That'd be very fun. Very fun question. I thought about that a lot, and so that's kind of my answer for that. From at Andre uh, Diesel. Looking at plus-minus success of Kenny Hustle and Muscala pairing last season, my question is, who has the highest-ceiling Kenny-type player in the draft and who's the Muscala-type of player in the draft? Uh, It's a good question. I don't really see either one of those players in this draft um, just because those guys are like role players. And so when you're trying to compare role players to prospects that typically happens in the second round and in the later stages of the first round. And so when that's the case, those guys can easily just kind of bust in the NBA and not like pan out. So that that is a tough one. Uh, I also don't don't think that the plus minus should factor in a ton, especially in a year like last year, whenever you're looking at things uh, because of the small sample size fact and everything else with those two guys and um, especially Muscala. But yeah, I mean, if you can get a nice uh, young Scarlet type of player and a nice younger Kenny also type of player, that'd be very good. Uh, at C. Gelino, if the plan is to tank for Victor in 2023, yes. Would drafting Chet risking be risking a potential redundancy? Uh, I don't see a world where Chet and Victor could play alongside each other. I think they can play together for sure. I also think that you t- should take best player available. Um, look, look what the Kings did last year. I mean, I love Terry Halliburton. Uh, I wouldn't have made the trade that the Kings did last year, but the Kings traded Therese Halliburton for an all-star in Sabonis. And so I say that to say this. 
the Kings did it way too prematurely, and the Kings didn't really have um, any room to do that. And I think that Therese Halliburton in a vacuum would be more valuable than Sabonis when you factor in contract length and you factor in upside and things like that. But if you got Victor Wembanyama, and he truly was this this kind of prospect that was you know the best prospect since LeBron, and he was somebody that could carry a franchise and be your number one guy, you'd be paying your number one guy in Victor Wembanyama with Shea and with Josh Giddy and with Luke Dort, and then at that point, if you traded Chet for whoever the version of Sabonis is, you know by by this time next year, then you get a very talented team that can make a playoff push and kind of arguably go deep in the playoffs with Trey Mann in the fold as well. Uh, and everyone else on the roster. So um, I don't think it would matter. I, I, again, you shouldn't not draft Chet because you have a 14% chance of drafting Victor. Um, and I think that they could play together. But again, if it was somehow redundant and by you and you get to the trade deadline of that next season of 2023, uh, then you could still hold a ton of value with Chet. So I, I wouldn't overthink it. I just draft Chet if he's there and uh, figure it out later. But from at Thunder Norman, is the Baisley slash Roby experiment over? Should the Thunder draft at 12 to replace them? Uh, no, I don't think the Thunder should draft at 12 to replace Roby slash Baisley if you're driving at you know, replacing them as a five or whatever. Uh, you, this team, you just shouldn't draft to replace anybody. You should just draft whoever the best player is and let the let the fallout happen as it may, but you shouldn't just go draft small ball five to draft a small ball five to get rid of Roby or Baisley. But um, yeah, I mean, Roby's contract situation is that to where um, maybe he will have his option declined or get traded into it into a trade to go to a new NBA team. But again, at 12, you stretch the best available player. No matter if that's a guard, a forward, a center, a wing, whatever it is, you just stretch the best player available. Uh, so from at Jose and uh, our C N B expecting new rookies. I am betting that we'll not draft three slash four guys who should get minutes next year. Uh, do you give minutes to guys like Kenny or to Poku? Uh, yeah, you give minutes to Kenneth Williams and Pokoshevsky next year, no matter who you draft. Um, would Shaden Sharp be a good fit in OKC? Would he fall to number 12? I'm glad you brought this up at Harry Swag. Let's, this is our last question of the day. When you bring up Tankathon.com, Shane Sharp going to go to Orlando, Oklahoma City, or Houston? No, no, no. Is he going to go to Sacramento? Doesn't seem like it. Will he go to Detroit? Maybe, but they seem to love, uh, you know, they seem to love Ke- Keegan Murray. Would he go to Indiana? I just don't think that she, I just don't think that Shaden Sharp is a Rick Carlisle kind of guy. So I'm going to say no. Is he going to go to Portland? Portland's in win now mode. I don't think that they're going to want a Shaden Sharp kind of guy. At eight, is he going to go to New Orleans? Maybe because New Orleans has a playoff rotation of like eight, 10 guys that they feel good about so they can take a shot on a guy who they don't really care if he becomes a rotational piece for them or not in the immediate future. Uh, so maybe. Is Shaden Sharp a San Antonio kind of guy? Doesn't seem like it. Is he a Washington kind of guy? That's kind of where you start to get in the range of like Washington, New York. Okay, see, we just have to take him because he has so much upside. So like if he falls to 10, you know, if he gets past New Orleans and San Antonio, then with OKC, you can make that trade that we mentioned earlier and give up a 2023 first round pick from the Wizards that was that has all those protections on it um, and pick 12 and go get Shaden Sharp because he has so much upside and so much perceived value. So um, I think it is possible. I think it's, I think it's more possible than people uh, realize, especially if the reports are true about the fact that, you know, scouts are all over the place are saying that, you know, that they, they don't love what they're seeing from Shaden Sharp in his camp. Uh, and you, we had Derek Murray on the podcast, former front office executive 
uh, on the podcast Monday saying that he's talked to a lot of teams in the top 10 and they were all saying, look, he's going to get drafted top 10, but not by us. He's going to get drafted top 10, but not by us, etc." cetera. Uh, so I think it's possible. Is it likely? Who knows? But I, I think it is possible. So that's where we're going to end things here for today. Follow the show on Twitter at Little Thunderpod. Follow me on Twitter at uh, Riley underscore styles. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 